And we welcome you this morning, and we want you to know that you are loved and cared for. And if you need anything, prayer or just someone to reach out to you, we want you to connect with us. And so if you would go to ResonateLife.org and fill out that connection card or connect into one of our social media channels and send us a message, we will get back to you and we will pray for you and connect with you. Uh, I'm really thankful for this morning as we go into the fall and we're closing down the book of Philippians today. I'm really thankful for the journey that we've walked uh, together and this summer being out on this patio, just a beautiful patio it is, being in the open air and able to gather online and in person. We are grateful uh, that the Lord Lord is with us and he is amongst us and working for us. I want to say a, a couple of thank yous. One main thank you is to Nick Babcock. Nick just stepped in this morning and he is leading worship uh, for us. Nick and Laurel and baby Dakota have been in Chicago uh, for the last seven months and they're back here um, in Sherwood and we're grateful for them and Nick's willingness to step in and just uh, automatically serve. And so we welcome them back and we are very, very thankful for, for them and who they, who they are. If you have a piece of bread, some wine or some juice at home, we want you to gather those supplies right now. I have a small introduction and so turn up your volume on your device and go grab those elements and bring them back because each and every week we take communion together. Whether it's online or in person, we take it together. And so we want you to have those elements so that at the end of my teaching time this morning that we would be able to take communion. Just a small piece of bread or a cracker and some wine or juice, whatever you have. And if you don't have that, just put it on your shopping list that you can pick up um, just some regular grape juice or wine and, and bread and, and bring that home so that you can participate in communion uh, together and we together as a family. This is our Christ candle. What this means is that the light of Christ is with us even in the dark darkness. And we have gone through dark times over the last seven months. Lots and lots of things have happened, yet Christ is with us no matter what. The light of Jesus shines brightly even when it gets very, very dark, even when we don't feel Jesus, experience Jesus, even sometimes we just don't even know he's there. It's like, where are you, God? Jesus promises that he is with us, the light in the darkness. And so as we light this each and every week, that is our reminder that God is with us no matter what, no matter what we're going through. And that's my prayer, is that you would experience that power of his light in your, in your life. I want to remind us of our mission statement as a church, that we are a community that loves like Jesus. And in order to grow that love and to be more like Jesus, we know that our core values strengthen us spiritually in order to do so. Uh, daily devotion, prayer, freedom from strongholds, serving the community, sacrificial generosity, sharing and knowing our stories, and also celebration. When we develop these in our life, we grow spiritually, emotionally. We grow mentally in our life, and we're able to love more. We're able to love greater. We're able to love 
like Jesus. And that's my prayer for you, that you would love like Jesus. And we as a church would not just use those as words or a statement, that that would be a very active mission in our life. Our pastoral leadership met this week, and I'm very excited to announce a plan for fall and winter here at Resonate. We are facing some changes, just naturally as the cloud covers, but it's not raining. We know that the rain is coming. The clouds and the rain and the cold are coming. And so naturally, we are facing some changes that we're going to have to go back inside our building because of just uh, nature. And we're going to eventually have to limit again just because of our space and social distancing. And so we have a certain amount that we can handle inside the building. We can handle more outside the building. And it's also safer as the air is moving and we are able to distance greater. And so whatever your choice is this fall and winter, we want to offer some things that will minister to you. As the pastoral leadership, we decided and also were reminded that we serve Jesus and we serve the community. And our our heart is to always love and to provide and to give the opportunities of spiritual growth no matter where you are at and no matter what choices you you choose to do. So if you choose to stay home or you choose to come, we are going to make the best effort possible to help our family, our community spiritually spiritually grow. So first, uh, just generally, our online presence and our in-person gathering will be given equal effort and input, will be given equal energy to make them both robust, meaningful, and to help our community spiritually grow. So uh, first, our online listeners. If you are a podrishener, I've been calling them, an online listener, if you're connecting in or you choose to connect in sometimes and come other times, uh, our online presence is going to become more robust. We are going to teach through the Bible online. I'm going to pick books of the Bible that, just like I do uh, here in person, I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to pick books of the Bible, and I'm going to walk through them like we often do. We are going to make our best effort putting a team around our online presence because that is a 1D flat screen experience. And so what we are trying and wanting to present is something that works well on that platform. It's very difficult to connect in and and experience what we experience in person online, yet we don't want online to be some secondary thing. We want we want it to be very robust and we want it to be meaningful. So we are going to make our best effort to make online presence and our online gathering very, very meaningful. You will get teaching. You will get uh, music. You will get uh, information and connection points and also uh, teaching and curriculum online. And we, we desire for you to be a part of that content. We want you to connect into that content. The in-person gathering will change because we have to change. We're going inside. We're going to offer a certain rhythm for in-person. We're going to offer this. We're going to do three weeks on and one week off. 
That's three weeks on and one week off. That's for a month that has four Sundays. For the months that have five Sundays, we're going to do four weeks on and one week off. Again, four weeks on and one week off. So this is how it's going to go. Uh, for the three weeks or the four weeks, once a quarter, right? For the three weeks, we're going to focus on different ideas that are experiential, participatory, image-rich, and connecting. That is our desire to make it a in-person experiential gathering. So one week we're going to focus on spiritual practices, another week we're going to focus on what we're calling visual liturgy, and another week we're going to offer our traditional gathering like we always do with worship and teaching. And every week we're going to be taking communion as an in-person gathering. Yet each week will be different. So this is our way of offering a rhythm. We want we want it to be something meaningful and special in person. And some of you might decide to do online for a couple of weeks and then come a couple of weeks in person. Just let us know what you want to do, what your rhythm is going to be for the fall. But this is what I can promise. Both online and both in person, we are going to make the best effort and put equal energy into helping you spiritually grow, and as a mission of the church to make disciples. That's what we desire to do. As a mission, we desire to love people, and we love people right into a relationship with Jesus, whether it be online or in person. In person is going to have this different rhythm. Online is going to be very specific Bible teaching, and so that is what we're going to offer. Uh, and this is our guiding verse for all of this, we, we picked a verse that would be our guiding path that we would stay close to as we present a new rhythm and new ideas for gathering. In Matthew 11, it says this, starting in verse 28, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and live lightly. So just one more idea and thought with this is during this season, the last seven months, it's been very hard on many of us. Uh, we're tired. We're worn out. Some of you are very worn out and very tired, and you can't stop going. You have jobs. You have tasks to do. You have a family to raise. You have online school you're engaged in. You're trying to make it financially just by taking extra jobs and, and doing the very best that you can with what you've been given. We want to build in the idea of rhythm whether it be online or in person, the in-person gathering, we're building in the idea of Sabbath where we're actually going to take one week off a month where we're not going to meet and we're going to Sabbath. Uh, yet, every week, we're going to have an online teaching. What does that do for our pastoral leadership is our pastoral leadership will finally have the opportunity to also take rest as we, as we uh, have made an effort, and we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary for the last 10 years, we have been 
many of us have been in fifth gear, just, just rolling as fast as we can, doing as much as we can. And during this pandemic, we've learned something very important that we need to implement and also take advantage of what the Bible says, the unforced rhythms of grace. We need that in our life, just as everyone needs that in, our, in their life. And we need that during this time to heal, to grow, to become stronger. Because through this pandemic and through these crises that we have endured, we want to come out stronger and not weaker. We want to come out more knowledgeable and more, um, more equipped to handle the future. And so be praying for us and also participate and tell us how you're participating because we're excited to offer this and we want to know how you're excited to be a part of it and how you want to help us to accomplish it. So I just mentioned 10 years. Next week is going to be our 10-year celebration. And so what we're going to do, because we have people coming from out of town to celebrate with us, uh, in the morning, we're going to only do online teaching. And so we're going to offer our services and take a break from, and we don't even know what the weather is going to be like next week. And so we're, we, we have a forecast, but it, it's, it's, it's looking like it's going to rain this morning. <laughs> but but uh, next week, you know, I can promise that the chance and the percentage of rain just increases as we get into deeper October. So our 10-year celebration is next week. Um, we're going to do online teaching only in the morning. You can hang out at home. You can catch it in the afternoon, wherever you're going to be at. But then we want you to come in a safe way, social distancing, and everyone will be required to wear masks. At 5 o'clock, we're going to meet together to do um, some food and friends and gathering just to celebrate our 10 years together. We know that we can't go over the number 50, so it's going to be limited to 50 people. And we will be socially distanced, and we will be wearing masks. So I just want to, to, just want to give you that invitation and, and also that confidence that you can come in a safe way for our 10-year celebration. Um, all, all that we're doing will be done so that you can have security and confidence in, in uh, this time. If you didn't receive an evite for that, we want you to reach out to jake at resonatecc.com. Um, he is handling those invitations. And so if you didn't get an invitation, jake at resonatecc.com, and he will get that to you. All right, let's jump into the last chapter of Philippians, and this is going to be our last week of this book. And here's some ideas that I want us to pay attention to when it comes to the book of Philippians, starting in chapter 4, and we're going to cruise through nine, the first nine verses of chapter 4. Philippians 4, 1 through 3, says this, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and miss, who are my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord. Loved ones, I urge Yodia and I urge Syntyche to come to an agreement in the Lord. Yes, and I'm also asking you, loyal friends, to help these women who have struggled together with me in the ministry of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the scroll of life. So my first idea that I just pull out of this scripture is this idea of standing firm or staying true to the Lord. 
No matter what we're going through, could be a pandemic, it could be racial disruption, it could be fires, could be online school, uh, just dealing with the hardships of life, loss of jobs, loss of people. Um, life is hard, and life definitely slaps us upside the face many times, and unannounced. Things come unannounced. Uh, I was talking to somebody just this week that it's pretty common to say this is an unprecedented crisis. And we were kind of bantering back and forth and then landed on, we would rather have a series of precedented crises to deal with versus another unprecedented crisis. There's been so many unprecedented crises in the last seven months that it is overwhelming. We would like a few precedented crises. I mean, give me, give me some financial up and downs when it comes to the stock market. Give me, you know, a housing flatline. Give me something else besides an unprecedented crisis, something that I know, something that I'm used to. But yet, life doesn't work that way, does it? And life has proven in the last year that it hasn't worked that way. So many people are looking forward to getting out of 2020. They can't stand it anymore, right? And so no matter what, and this is what I can promise, is life is going to give us unprecedented activity. That's what life's going to give us. But the Bible is true when it says to stay, stand firm in the Lord. No matter what, we stay true to the Lord. So Paul is writing to the church and he addresses these two women and he's giving the entire church a command through these two people and that command is to stand firm, to stand true. And this was done because Paul definitely has an affinity for the church at Philippi. It's where, uh, it's their spiritual growth. It's who they are. They have joy. They have a lot of love for people. They have like really strong relationships with one another. Yet there's a disagreement that's not necessarily doctrinal, it's not theological, it's a relational disagreement that we know. And we think that, uh, that there's like some sort of relational friction <clears throat> possibly amongst the people, and we know this from some of the other writings. And so Paul is given this, this sermon-esque, this sermonette rather, of to stand firm no matter what, even amongst relational disagreement. And this is what I know about this time and this, uh, this season of life. We know that disruption and unprecedented crises and precedented crises create tiredness, it creates fatigue, it, 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 and also <clears throat> it creates brain fatigue, right? So we many times make poor decisions. <clears throat> we get into arguments easily. We fight often. Things just aggravate us so that we're, our anger is on, on edge. And so, so relational disagreement I've seen amongst marriages, amongst friends, amongst just coworkers and just people in general, it happens. It happens. And no matter what, no matter the, the relational argument or the unprecedented, precedented crises that we're going through, it's important to remind ourselves to stand firm, to stay true to the Lord. So what are they arguing about? 
really don't know the details of that, uh, but we know that it's kind of worldly, right? We know that from Philippians 2, that in everything you do, stay away from complaining and arguing so that one can speak, not speak the word of blame against you. You are to live clean, innocent lives. Let your life shine brightly before them. So he's given that charge in chapter 2. So we know that they're not being missional in their behavior. They're not loving people like Jesus would love them. There's something going on that's a disagreement amongst them that has to do with a relationship crisis and what they're arguing about is just maybe selfishness or pride or something worldly that has come into their camp. So Paul, the actors in this play, Paul writes to the church, Yodia means prosperous journey, Syntica means fortune, and another person, Sisygus, means teammate. So we know that these people, just by their names, they are blessed people, they are, they've labored with Paul in the spreading of the gospel. And Paul thinks that by writing to them, he actually thinks that they can come to an agreement and they can help in this disagreement, that they can bring the church together in their, in their, in their division. So I know that all of us have gone through division. All of us have gone through friction. All of us have fought. All of us have had relational crises of some kind based on whatever. It could be the stress we're under. It could be the, pandan- pan- the, the boredom and also the fear and the stress of pandemic just in the last seven months. So I would say, how are we to stay true to the Lord no matter what? How are we to stand firm in Jesus even if the next unprecedented or precedented crisis slaps us in the face. Well, I learned that from Philippians 4, starting in verse 4. If I advance forward, I need to maintain some Christian virtue in my life. It says, be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say, be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. I'm using several different versions here. And so, Adam, did that match? Okay, pretty much. Okay, good. (laughs) So I just wanted to make sure that our online uh, verse and what I'm reading matches, and and I think I got it right there. I'm using several different versions um, in my studying here. So in verse 4, it says to... Uh, Be glad in the Lord always. Rejoice always, I say, people, rejoice. Rejoice and always. Rejoice, rehab joy. Be joy in the Lord always. Paul repeats this, and he repeats that often because of just the world that we live. And he knows the world that we live, that we need to maintain a spirit of joy. We need to maintain a spirit of joy in the Lord always. So in Acts 26, Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can make me a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in the audience might become the same as I am, except for these chains. The same as I am, even if he's in chains. A lot of times we feel like we are in chains, 
But yet the charge there is that Paul, even in chains, rejoiced in the Lord. He was glad in Jesus. So no matter what chains we're experiencing in life, the charge here is that to stand firm in the Lord, we must first remind ourselves that we need to be thankful, that we need to have gladness, that we need to have joy in our life. And that's not just a Christian pleasantry, and that's not just an, just a, just an adage that we throw around, hey, have some joy, even though this person died in your life, get some joy. No, there's a time for grieving, and there's a time for loss, there's a time for hurt, and there's a time for healing, and there's always a time for joy. So no matter what we're going through, the status of our life, the mindset is we need to return, rejoice, return to joy. That takes effort. That takes intentionality. Joy is not just this emotion. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a status of my being. And I need to return to joy. That's what rejoice actually means. Max Lucado, who is an author that is, is a great author, has been around for a long time. He says this, too many Christians make the mistake of using the way they feel as a measuring stick for their relationship with God. If they are on fire and happy or emotionally high, then they are walking in obedience with God. But as soon as they, their feelings are gone, they assume that they have lost something or are no longer right with God. So guilt and discouragement set in, and before long, they quit walking with God. What we don't realize is that it is physically and unrealistically impossible for anyone to be emotionally up all the time. So our happiness or our level of elation in life, it is irresponsible to say that we need to keep this level of smile on our face no matter what. Uh, there's no such thing really as, I know that people say fake it till you make it. I get that. That is unrealistic. You can fake it for a while, but it's impossible to fake it till you make it. Uh, we will go through ups and downs. We will experience a lot of downs. We will experience a lot of ups. That is not in direct correlation to your, to your relationship with God. But Paul is saying in the return to joy or be glad again in joy, uh, that is an intentional movement where maybe it takes some journaling where you'll write down some things that you're thankful for. In my journal, it says, what are you thankful for today? And I'm forced to write down something. And that's why every week, I've, I don't know if you've noticed, but every week I'm practicing being thankful in my sermons. I'm working on thanking someone in my sermons. And you'll see me thank Nick. You'll see me thank uh, John for our home PDX last week or, or whatever. I am working on being thankful. I want to model that for us. Um, but I also am thankful. And I need a reminder. I need to return to the reminder of thankfulness. So whatever you do in your life to rejoy to return to joy, whatever you do, I want you to practice something that would help you to rejoice in all ways. Even if you're sad, even if things are weighing you down and the burden that you carry feels like it's impossible, we need to return to that. But then in verse 5, he says to be, basically be gentle. 
uh, there's this call to uh, let your gentleness show in the treatment of all people. This is a hard one because life makes us hard. Uh, pandemic, crisis, unprecedented issues make us hard. It's like a galvanizing chemical in our life. It's like toxic waste in our life that, that literally hardens our emotions. And Paul is calling us to consider or to be considerate of others. That's actually what that, that word means, is to be considerate of others, to be sensitive and considerate to others' needs and where they're at in life. The idea of buck up, you wussy type of thing and pull yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever we've learned that we need to make it through life and so you just need to get over it type of attitude. You know, people experience life in different ways. People experience life in, in difficult ways. Some people are like have a propensity to melancholy. Some people really have suffered in their life. And for us to just walk in and make a judgment call and say, just learn to grow up, man. That's, that's really irresponsible for us to do. And so I want to encourage us to be considerate in, in all things and considerate and gentle with all people. So then this kicker, verse six says, don't worry. Huh, I am not to worry. So not only do I need to return to joy, I need to practice gentleness and consideration, but then also... I need to don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all your requests to God and your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Anxiety is pretty normal. And obviously, Paul knows that because he's encouraging us to temper our anxiety. I'm not talking about anxiety disorder because I know that there are those that suffer from anxiety disorders and challenges. I'm talking about normal anxiety. Sometimes I become, quote, the worry wart. Uh, sometimes I, my paranoia about life kicks in and I start thinking and my mind becomes cyclical and I just camp on that one, one thing in life. That is the worry that sometimes I, I, I worry about the weights that I'm carrying or the things that I'm trying to do if I'm able to accomplish things. Money our homes, our kids, our families. Sometimes they just drive us nuts. Sometimes they just produce anxiety. Sometimes we write the end of the book and the story just by one action our kid does. They do one thing and, and obviously they're going to be a criminal. Obviously they're going to grow up uh, just wayward kids. Obviously they're going to run away. We, we sometimes write the conclusion to the story based on just one thing that they, they do. They do something that, that just sh shows the signs of, of poor behavior for their entire future, right? I think that Paul is, is really focused on take that energy, take that worry, and refocus it on, on spiritual growth. Refocus it on whatever you're worrying about. Allow yourself to spiritually grow through this time and help others spiritually grow as well. For all the times that I've worried about my kids, if I would just invest in my kids, I, I think that they would turn out pretty okay. That's at least my prayer. So he says to pray 
about everything. Instead of be anxious, practice spiritual growth through prayer. Instead of worrying, practice these prayers and petitions and giving thanks to God in our prayers. All right, so I have a couple of ideas there for you. I hope that you put those in practice, maybe journal those down, have a rhythm that forces you to write some things down that you're thankful for, that you're praying about, that you're practicing not, in, not to worry, or some ideas that you need to work on your, your gentleness. But then in the end, he says, basically, from now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. Focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, holy, and pure, and lovely. Focus on those things, he says. And so we need to practice these things. How do we practice those things? Well, I think that practicing meditation is really important. And learning to calm our minds and fixing our thoughts. That might take a pen and a paper for you. That might take just locking yourself up in the room so that nobody's bothering you. Whatever it is, a practice, practicing fixing our thoughts is really important. Think about that which is moral and eternal. Think about that which is integrous. Think about that which you are ministering to. Think about the wonderful things of life. Think about the lovely things of life. And take the pain, take the hurt, and take the anguish that you're feeling and turn that during those moments of fixing your thoughts to prayer. That we would take those to prayer. Some things we're not going to be able to do anything about. I can't control the world, uh, but the world can control you. And that's where we need to be careful, is we allow the world to control our minds. We allow the world to control our thoughts, and eventually we allow the world to control our behavior. Paul's shift is we don't need to control the world. We can't control the world, and we won't control the world. We need to allow Jesus and our relationship with Jesus to control us. And through this, this chapter, he is allowing us and walking through right to this pinnacle point of that the God of peace will be with you when you fix your thoughts and fix your mind on Jesus. And that's my prayer for us today. As we take communion, let's have that in mind. When Jesus sat around the table, he said, do this in remembrance of me. And this is a moment of fixing our thoughts, fixing our thoughts on grace and forgiveness and eternity as God is in our life, working for us. The light of Christ is with us. He says, do this in remembrance of me. This is what is pure. This is what is eternal. This is what is wonderful. This is what is forgiving, and this is grace. Let's take communion together. Lord, we are thankful. Lord, we are thankful for your grace and your forgiveness. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Lord, help us to fix our thoughts. Help us to work hard to be gentle. Help us to have joy. Lord, help us, to, help us to walk this path, Lord, of life that sometimes is difficult, that we need to remind ourselves of what, is, what we are thankful for. We need to remind ourselves of who you are in our life.
we need to remind ourselves to have grace. Help us to do that this week. Help us to do that starting today. Help us to practice these things so that we develop a character, a lifetime character, Lord of joy. So Lord, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks everyone for joining us today. I want to remind you that if you need anything from us, there should be some connecting points that are our social media channels above my head. If you want to give to our ministry, I encourage you to do so on our website in the giving location page of our website that you can give and tithe to our ministry here at Resonate. Also, I want to remind you of our 10-year anniversary celebration next week at 5 p.m. on Sunday, October 11th. If you didn't receive an evite, reach out to jake at resonatecc.com again. Just a reminder that we want you to come in person in a safe and very secure way. We want you to be here uh, for that celebration. And so hopefully the weather will be good, that we can have it on the patio. Otherwise, we are inside. And so look forward to the details of that um, this week. Starting next week is our rhythms. Remember, Sunday morning, we are not having an in-person gathering, but only online. So join, join us online here at uh, ResonateCC.com in the Watch Now category, or you can jump on Facebook Live and watch it there as well. God bless you. We love you. Resonate. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care.